On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, we dedicate this podcast to Brian, the Texan fan, and his son. Cody and I, thoughts and prayers are with you. Whenever you need to chop it up, just talk sports, let us know, man. But once again, we are here for you and your son. Also, the Houston Texan coaching staff has been finalized. Defensive back or offensive lineman, which is more important to address for the team. And Cody and I continue with our free agency scouting reports. Who needs to go? Who needs to stay? But first, let's start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Please remember to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube. And thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. As we mentioned on yesterday's show, we will continue our free agency scouting report. Who needs to stay and who are we okay with leaving? But first, we have to talk about the coaching staff for the Houston Texans that has now been finalized. And I think the highlight of this, uh, the, the, the finalization <laughs> of the coaching staff is actually who is not on the coaching staff, which is Josh McCampbell, Cody. Go ahead and take it away. Yeah, and before we get into the Josh McCown talk, we first got to talk about some notable names who actually made this Absolutely. list to be a part of Lovey Smith's coaching staff. Of course, as we all know, um, Pep Hamilton is going to take over as this team offensive coordinator. Danny Barrett, I really want to point him out, John. That is a discussion that you and I had a couple weeks ago about whether or not Danny deserves an opportunity to reclaim his role as the Texans running back coach. We know the run game has been, you know, subpar at best to say the least over the last two seasons but Danny Barry will return along with Frank Ross of course you guys heard a couple weeks ago I had an opportunity to talk to Miles Smith Lovey Smith's son he's going to continue his role as the linebacker coach and Ben McDaniels is taking over as the wide receivers coach mm. for the Houston Texans those are some of the notable names that I really wanted to point out especially Ben McDaniels because that is a guy who's going to have a real important task to be sure that he gets um, Nico Collins to a position where he can one day take over as this team number one or solid number two option in the passing game. But John, as you alluded to, Josh McCown, <laughs> the biggest name that was not on the Houston Texans coaching list and John listeners and viewers, I am surprised that Josh McCown was not on this list, not just as the Houston Texans coach, but as the Texans quarterback coach. Now, Ted White is taking over the duties as the Texans quarterback coach for the 2022 season. This is a guy who actually had an opportunity to work alongside Pep Hamilton during their time with the D.C. Defenders, which was during the 2020 season at during the in the XFL. And like I mentioned, White is taking over as the quarterback coach. And this is actually a position we all thought Josh McCown was going to take. 
being a part of this coaching staff for the 2022 season. However, as we just alluded to, Josh McCown is nowhere on this list. John, I'm looking at this from two different ways. One, this whole Josh McCown foolishness, it's weird. <laughs> There's no other way I can put it. It's weird because for two consecutive years, this is a guy, of course, we all know the backstory. No head coaching, no no type of coaching experience. He ended up being one of one of a top three candidate for the Houston Texans coaching job. And not only did he not get the job, he's not going to be a part of the staff. But on the flip side of things, John, and you can let me know if you agree with me or not, I'm also looking at this from a standpoint that Nick Casario is taking a step back and putting his trust in Lovey Smith. Because when I go down this list and I take a look at everybody who has been hired to be a part of Lovey Smith's coaching staff, this is not David Cully 2.0 where we can say, okay, this was a Nick Casario hiring. That was a Nick Casario hiring. No, every single one of these position coaches and coordinators is here because of Lovey Smith. So, I agree, and I think we talked about this in, in the past where when Levy Smith was hired uh, and, and then it was announced that who was going to stay, who will be promoted, and who was going to be leaving, uh, things of that nature, uh, I definitely looked at this as a, a totally different situation than what we got last year mm-hmm. with David Cutting. And I like that. I want to go to Ben McDaniels, the brother of Josh McDaniels, who will be the wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator. So I want to see how that relationship is going to work out between he and Pep Hamilton. Um, and, and this is a, a guy that is going to be taking over for a wide receiver coach, excuse me, as I get my camera better. But this is a, a guy that's going to be taking over as the wide receiver coach for a position that I think uh, was very underwhelming last year, but mm-hmm. not because of their own circumstances. And so, when I hear wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator, I'm very interested to see how they will work together throughout the week during practices and prepare for game days uh, between he and Pep Hamilton. Cody, do you feel as though there will be uh, – I'm not, I'm not going to call it added pressure on any of these coaches, but when we look at some of the names that was brought in, like a Ben McDaniel, like the promotion – of excuse me of of pep hamilton and and others do you feel as though that there may be scrutiny for those that were brought in or promoted if you know we had you on a roster last year the coaching staff last year and you know positions were underwhelming or you know however we can label it do you feel like there will be some scrutiny for these guys or is everybody kind of understanding of, you know, last year was last year. Let's leave it where it is and let's move forward. I think the scrutiny will only come with the guys who will remain on this staff beyond Lovey Smith. I take a look at a Pep Hamilton. I take a look at a Danny Barrett. <laughs> you and I just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, Frank Ross, even, even Miles Smith to a certain extent. Like th- these are the guys who were carried over from the David Cully era. And when you take a look at the Texans. Bill O'Brien as well when we look at Danny Barrett. Oh, yeah, and and Bill O'Brien, I'm glad that you brought that up. But, you know, there's one thing I would give Nick Casario and the Houston Texans credit for ever since the calendar flipped to 2022. It seems like this is an organization that is finally starting to get their organization on the right path, and they are finally trying to find a way of how to get back to relevancy. And 
sometimes that means you have to let go of a lot of bad that weighed this organization down i.e and i hate to say this even though i did respect him to a certain extent david cully we all know over the last what two to three seasons we've been calling for well some of us been calling for tim kelly's job like in order for you to get your organization to the right path you have to let go of some of these baggage and when you take a look at danny barry who i just mentioned the running game other him even though I think it's more so due to the lack of talent, the running game has not looked right. good. Um, Frank Ross, special teams, uh, that's an up and down roller coaster for the for that that went on throughout the 2021 season. And like I mentioned, Miles Smith, I don't want to put him under a micro microscope because he is here because of his dad. But when I take a look at a guy like Pep Hamilton, a guy who, if we see any bit of a decline in Davis Mills next season. We're going to be looking at Hamilton because part of the reason why you and I, the listeners, the viewers, we wanted to see Hamilton here is because we wanted to see Davis Mills to continue developing. And I'll say this in terms of judging these coaches, it definitely still comes down to personnel. You cannot judge the coaches if the talent isn't there. And I think that's the case with Danny Barrett. Um, you know, when he has some talent, with that running backfield and the offensive line was still decent at best. You know, they were able to rush for over a thousand yards. Carlos, Carlos Hyden, his first uh, 1,000 yard season ever, was one of the NFL's top rushing teams in the league that year, which is only uh, two seasons ago, right? 2019. So I do think the big part of Houston's uh, a lack of success has been the lack of talent. And that's expected when you are a team that trades away Jadavion Clowney, that trades away DeAndre mm. Hopkins, that trades away, that lets J.J. Watt walk, that uh, make these decisions, and you're not getting anything in return to even come close to what you gave away. So the lack mm. of talent has been an issue. Personnel changes are top of the list. We'll get into that in terms of offensive linemen or defensive back. Which comes first, and you guys may be prepared to see Cody and I go at it because uh, I know ideology does not match up in terms of who do we believe uh, should be what position should be prioritized first overall for the Houston Texans. One thing we don't want to argue about is BetOnline.net. You can have a lot of fun with BetOnline.net because they will bring you the latest odds, the latest scores, the updates, the player performance props totals, everything that you need to know about sports, right down to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting action and needs this season. And football may be over. I get it. However, basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in March, two weeks away from March. This is February 22nd. March Madness is around the corner. So be prepared for a lot of prop bets that you don't want to miss out on. BetOnline remains the best spot for audio sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and actions because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Give it up for yourselves. Now, make sure you're following the Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday. 
in less than 30 minutes. Just enough time for you to drink your morning coffee. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, before we have this next conversation, I'd like to get the energy and the atmosphere going because I want to take it there. And if you're not actually watching us right now on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, while this segment, if you don't do anything else, go to YouTube right now, scroll to where we are in this segment, and watch this, and make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. But Cody and I are going to have a little back and forth debate about the Houston Texans' future. In order to get this atmosphere rocking and rolling, I want to ask you guys out there a little question, because... Today and this whole week, you know, this hair, this style was inspired by Michael Jackson, the great Michael Jackson. And not just any old Michael Jackson, but the off the wall Michael Jackson. You know it. And so I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, don't do not do it. Look at Cody. Don't do it. You set it. yourself up for failure. Don't He's do over it. He's, he know I'm going with it. Don't do it. What's the better album? Off the wall or... Thriller, you got. I didn't even know he had this jacket on. So they could get a good look. And by I the way, ladies and gentlemen, I am the biggest Michael Jackson fan. So if I say it's this album right here, which is still the best-selling album of all time, that, that that's all you need to know. Let's talk about these Houston. That's, that's all you need to know. Look, I'm the and look. We're not about to turn this into a Michael Jackson debate podcast. We'll do that on another show. But, John, as you just alluded to, we have to talk about these Houston Texans. And the debate that you and I are going to have is what the Houston Texans should prioritize with this number three overall pick. Should they go out and draft a defensive back or should they go out and draft an offensive lineman? Now, According to Todd McShay of ESPN, in his latest mock draft, he had the Houston Texans taking Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. For those of you guys who don't know, of course, Hamilton is arguably the best defensive back coming out of this year's draft. Defensive player. <laughs> yeah, you're a defensive player. But, John, this conversation that I want us to have actually got it, – it, it actually – sparked my interest because while I was reading McShay's analysis on why the Houston Texans should go out and draft Kyle Hamilton, he did not rule out the, the possibility of the Houston Texans selecting an offensive lineman. Now, just a quick backstory. Those of you guys who've been rocking with this podcast, you guys know me. I'm really big on the Texans using this number three pick on getting a defensive-minded player, more so a defensive back because for for me personally, when I take a look at the continuous struggles that the Texans secondary has had over the last, what, three seasons, especially considering that this is an organization that they're probably about to lose their best defensive back in Justin Reed in free, in free agency, the Texans need to do something in order to get this team back on the right track with their secondary. However, John, you like the opposite side of this conversation. You actually want to see the Texans draft an offensive lineman. And me personally, I think it's a little bit biased because you are an ex-offensive lineman yourself. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, everybody knows I'm an offensive lineman guy. You know, I'm a big boy. I, I love the big boys up front. All you big boys out there that are listening to the podcast or watching Go ahead and raise your hand up and rub that belly for me right now. But, you know, Cody, my question to you is, is this conversation tailored around the Houston Texans' first pick? 
And that's the interesting part about this. And for the sake of this argument, I'm going to say yes, because in the midst of whether or not the Texans should go defensive back or offensive lineman, hell, quarterback for that matter, for some people out there, you still got to consider there's a real possibility that Nick Casario can actually trade this number three pick and this Absolutely. whole conversation will be pointless. But for the sake of this argument, let's just say the Texans keep this number three pick. So I, I, I have been on record by saying I believe that Nick Casario may strongly consider trading that number three overall pick to get more picks back in the NFL draft, especially if he's not able to move on from Deshaun Watson before the mm -hmm. draft or Larry Tunsil. And so I think this team does want to, or they are right now currently prioritizing picks more so over uh, players on that aspect. Now, in terms of the number three overall pick, if Houston does stick with number three, then you won't get an argument out of me that if they go with Kyle Hamilton, I definitely believe that that'll be a win for Houston. And I think depending on how the first three picks play out, Houston may come down to Thibodeau or Hamilton. And in mm. that case, because of how many very good edge rushers are in this draft, if Houston selects Kyle Hamilton, I'd walk away in that first round and say, well, I think they got a stud that can affect the defensive side of the ball in all three phases. I think he can get after the quarterback if you use him in blitz coverage. I think he can do a great job in man coverage. I know he can hit. He has a sense for the ball. So if you add that type of player to a to a defense that did a complete three, well, not 360, a 180 of what they did the year prior with creating turnovers, getting out, getting those interceptions, then you would hope, of course, that Houston is able to re-sign Desmond King, that Tavier Thomas continues to play like he did to end off the season along with Lonnie Johnson then I think you have a very good foundation of what you can be within the next two to three years in terms of getting those turnovers. Remember, uh, I don't know if you guys can think this far back, but Peanut Tillman, Charles Tillman, mm -hmm. one of those years where he was just getting the ball and just <laughs> taking it away from people, like that's the type of defense Lovey Smith wants to create here in Houston. He talks about not repeating those same mistakes at the last stops with Tampa and Chicago but I definitely believe he wants to repeat some of the things that made him successful, especially in Chicago. So I'd be okay with that. Now, my question to you is, if we're looking at the totality, totality of the draft and free agency, will we go back to have this conversation of what's more important to prioritize defensive back or offensive lineman? Then I would say offensive lineman 10 times out of 10. I'll tell you why. Who was the more productive of the two last season? The secondary. The secondary. In the first segment, this isn't even planned, by the way, but we had this conversation mentioning that Danny Bear was brought back, and why do we believe that he should at least get one more shot at being a running backs coach? Mm -hmm. lack, of, lack of talent, and, of course, it's just going to be hard when you're getting hit in the backfield more times than not. That's an issue that his running back had his running backs had last year, along with not being as talented as we would want them to be. But the offensive line struggled a lot last year. And which two of the which of the two needs the most help? I just gave you the guys that played well last year. If Houston can re-sign King, Tavia Thomas. I think Eric Murray, who may get cut, and then Houston may look to re bring him back at a cheaper deal or reconstruct his contract. I think Eric Murray has some good spots for Houston last year. So you know, he was more 
I would say successful than a than a Marcus Cannon, than a Charlie Heck, than those guys on that right side that really, I mean, I mean, really struggled last year. And I point to Levy Smith. Tough football needs a good run game statement. He said that last week. And Houston, Houston's offense uh, ben, will benefit from being able to effectively run the ball for whoever is at quarterback. So hands down, if I look at what Houston should on their whiteboard in the war room when they're looking at what position needs to be taken care of and addressed offensive line, in my opinion, should be the number one priority for this team. Because if you can run that ball, then you will give your second-year quarterback, who a lot of people believe may not even shouldn't be the Houston-Texas quarterback starting the year off, you at least take some pressure off him by giving him a decent run game and, of course, uh, drafting or bringing in a quality running back in free agency. But with the number three overall pick, Kyle Hamilton, I'm totally fine with that because I believe that he is a game-changer. Shout-out to my boy Jordan Pun at Texan Starts with the Draft Bible. He made me a believer from day one. We started to have a discussion about Hamilton. But here's here's my only issue about the Texans drafting an offensive lineman, especially to your point, John, talking about improving a run game. Now, I 100% agree with you. The Texans should go out and improve this offensive line, especially uh, finding players that would actually give them that extra push in the run. However, I don't want to see the Texans prioritize improving this offensive line until they do something with this backfield, i.e., this is an organization who has to go out and get a quality running back in free agency. Forget the draft. I mean, you you could go out and and draft a running back later in those rounds, but when you take a look at the inefficient, how inefficient the Texans were in their run game, once again, I understand the offensive line. But David Johnson, we're going to talk about him in the next segment. David Johnson had his worst season of his career. Rex Burkhead is getting up there in age. Hell, Mark Ingram was the leading rusher for the Texans for majority of the season. He only played, what, five or six games? Like, it's hard to dissect the Texans' offensive line and their run blocking when their running backs were so damn sorry. Well, it doesn't matter what running back you have back there. I, I would go right to the New York Giants in a at one. But point they got Saquon Barkley though. Right, right, right. At one point, we consider him a generational talent, but he can't go nowhere because ain't nobody to block for him, right? And so we've seen average running backs have decent years, right? We've seen the average running back rush for at least a thousand one year or nine hundred to be very successful if the guys up front are worth the damn. That's been a problem for Houston in the last two seasons. And it's funny because after the first year with Larry Tunsil, everything has kind of went down from there. I think Nick Casario, Casario, excuse me, should be working day and night and, and don't stop until he get enough of the big boys <laughs> up front to help block for whoever's going to be back there. Of course you address the running back situation. That is not a question. But when I look at how bad Saquon, his career has been after his first year, and I don't watch a lot of Giants game, but I do know that they struggled at offensive line, then it makes me wonder what's more important, getting a star or running back, or, or, you know, a young running back who's great at everything but can't run anywhere because he's getting hit in the backfield too much, or improving their offensive line up front first. And here's my next issue about this argument. How much of the Texans going out and drafting, using that number three pick for an offensive lineman, 
How much how much is that is whether or not Laramie Tunsil is still on his roster? Because look, we can all agree that there's a great possibility that the Texans can lose Laramie Tunsil and Reed prior to the draft. Both of those guys can be gone. But there's a greater chance that Reed would not be here. And there's a greater chance that Laramie Tunsil will still be here because people got to take into consideration whoever takes on Laramie Tunsil, John, as you love to point out, his run blocking isn't that good. Yes, he's one of the best pass protectors, but his run blocking is not that good. You got to take a look at that contract, and he's coming off an injury. So versus a guy in Justin Reed, too, you can get him on a deal that you would like to give him based off of his value. So if the Texans have Laramie Tunsil and they lose Justin Reed, do you still want to see them use that number three pick? If they keep it, do you still want to see them use that number three pick on another offensive lineman? No, so let me clarify. I don't think there's an offensive lineman worth drafting at number three. I don't. I'm mm. my, my statement is Kyle Hamilton at number three would be totally great. But throughout the rest of the draft and the rest of free agency, Yes, Houston should prioritize getting blockers up front over defensive backs. No no question about it. And whether Larry Tunsil is here or not, you're not just drafting for a need that Larry Tunsil is there because you just did it to, you know, look at guard, center, the right side of the line, which was very bad for Houston. And so Larry can stay there. Yes, you still have a Titus Howard who played uh, very well at left tackle in those last four games, but – Hey, man, things are also uh, revolving this this team. Um, excuse me, not things, but issues are revolving around this team that needs to be handled. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey in LX? or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry. Hey guys, got this phone on you right now in your pocket, in your jacket pocket, wherever it is, laying on the couch. You also have an access to rockauto.com with your computer at home. Don't make this harder than it actually has to be. Rockauto.com is where you should check out right now. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Let me give you guys an example really quick. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353. That's a car note for some people. From a chain store, 216 with Rock Auto. Yeah, I think Rock Auto wins that nine times out of nine because the 10th time, you're not even going to consider it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Texans in there. How did you hear about those bots? So they know we sent you. It's that easy. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Before we move on, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to say that you never really know 
what your work, uh, your everyday life, your everyday talk, your everyday conversation. You really, you never really know how that impacts people. And we opened the show with one of the listeners uh, and a family to the show. Honestly, my boy Brian, uh, he mentioned that you know he had some things going on and that his son was diagnosed with kidney failure. It's one years old, man. And what I want to do right now, guys, it, whatever you believe in, just send a positive vibes, a prayer whatever you can, um, to my boy Brian and his family and his son, man. Uh, he's been rocking with us for a long time. But even if he was rocking with us for two weeks, two days, two hours, two minutes, it doesn't matter. This show is filled with love, and that's all we want to push out there. Uh, so, again, send those positive vibes up. We're going to see them blessings come down. Hmm. And, Brian, next season, you and your son will be able to go to the Texan game. How about that? Yeah, when you do go to the Texans that. game, I hope so damn well y'all not looking at David Johnson oh, <laughs> rushing the ball. <laughs> With that being said, but Brian wouldn't like, like that, right? Brian, like Brian <laughs> would not want to see David Johnson. Hell no. Hell no. I, I think nobody doesn't. But, you know, before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texas, John and I actually want to continue our free agency profile as we as we break down every single free agent the Houston Texans have on their roster ahead of free agency. Of course, that is going to kick off in March. And I just alluded to it. Today's to, today's suspect, David Johnson, a guy who... I think the only way he could have lived up to the trade that sent D Hop to the Arizona Cardinals, he would he would have he he would have had to turn into the modern day Emmitt Smith or whatever great running back you can think of. And John, I don't want to spend too long on this because I think we all can can come to an agreement 100% that we do not want to see Johnson a part of the Houston Texans moving forward. I just want to leave this here. Since coming to the Houston Texans in March of 2020, two seasons, two seasons, 25 games, David Johnson has only rushed for 919 yards and by the way this is a guy who was the texans primary back for two damn seasons <laughs> john like i said i don't want to spend too much time on this but do you in some dimension want to see david johnson back Excuse me? I don't think if Dr. Strange was right here and he went to the to look at all the multiverses, there's no way that anybody would actually want David Johnson back. And I do remember that there was a conversation surrounding David Johnson and how hard it was for him mentally uh, while going through the season to just get through the day-to-day grind because of he was not producing and he was getting a lot of uh, black backlash and, you know, unfair to him he will always be linked to DeAndre Hopkins hmm. in some capacity because of the trade. And I, and I, and I get that, right. I'm not, I'm, ne- I'm never going to dismiss uh, the seriousness of playing the mental seriousness of playing football. But, you know, to say that I'm saying this, I think it's definitely time uh, more than time that Houston 
moves on from David Johnson. And they're not moving on. He's a free agent. He's not a player that I believe Houston should look at at any point, face of fashion, and say we need to bring him back because of whatever X, Y, and Z he could bring to this team. I don't think there's anything else that David Johnson can provide for the Houston Texans. And if I'm being fair, I'm not sure there's anything that David Johnson could really provide to an NFL team at this point mm. in his career. But unfortunately, I hate to say that. And so I look at David Johnson as, you know, Bill O'Brien, I call him the entity uh, <laughs> right now. Because of the way things happen with him, you may call him the Texans boogeyman, the way he came through and just sucked <laughs> the life out of everything. So you may have to blame it on the boogie. But there's, there's, there's nothing about David Johnson's game that makes me sit back and say, well, he's worth a player minimum, event minimum. Mm. Right. It's imperative for Houston to revamp and reshape this entire running room. And re-signing Rex Burkhead was not that bad, especially considering that, you know, one game we had 150, 150 yards. There's a couple of games where he led the team in rushing and he was able to do a, a bunch of different things for the Houston Texans and his relationship with Nick Asario going back to those Patriot days. So I get it. But he should be a number three on this depth chart next season. There should be a, a new number one, RB1 and RB2 for the Houston Texans moving forward. I think what's best for David Johnson, he will probably be best served as a team's number two, maybe number three option. I could see him probably going to a team, you know, like the New Orleans Saints, um, maybe Tennessee, depending on what they're going to do with Dante Foreman. You know, teams that they already have a primary running back and they just need somebody that can – you know, just kind of help out keeping Alvin Kamara fresh, you know, uh, somebody that's going to help keep um, Derrick Henry fresh. You know, one of those teams that has a primary all-pro running back where you're not going to touch the field at all. You know, I, I think that's what's best for David Johnson. You know, he's, what, 30, 31 years old. I would hate to see his career go down like this. And it, it, it's sad because, you know, you, you take a look at his career. This man only literally had one season where he produced. And, of course, that was what? 2016, 2017, when he almost rushed for a thousand, caught almost a thousand receiving yards. And, you know, the one aspect about David Johnson that made him kind of manageable during the 2020 season was the fact that, you know, he was able to show his versatility at times because, you know, Deshaun Watson relied on him a lot as a pass catcher coming out of the backfield. But now I'm looking at that situation. Was that Johnson's versatility? Or was that, or was that another prime example of Deshaun Watson being that damn good, where he can make anybody look at least solid in this league? I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook as well. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman twelve. And you guys have been doing a great job with it. So keep going over to YouTube. Like comment and subscribe to the locked on texas youtube page and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y-d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 until next time ladies and gentlemen peace